Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Late Show is underway here on a Tuesday night. Steve Thompson in for Henry Lake. A rare night off. He is on a roll in 2024. He's worked a lot of shows, but uh, taking the night off tonight. Of course, Chris Tubbs is our producer. Let's start with the positive. It was a lovely February day today. The sun was out. The winds were light. Um, So there's that. But in the wake of what happened on Sunday in Burnsville, none of us are too far removed from the shock and the horror of that. And we continue to hear the stories, what happened, what was going on with the shooter who eventually took his own life. We've learned more about these first responders, two police officers, a firefighter paramedic taken away too soon in the line of duty. We, we hear about this guy's record, his history, the fact that he wasn't supposed to have firearms and ammo, but he did. And then it gets back into the question, and when I was out driving around today enjoying a bit of this lovely day, I went back to what's next? We're all searching for that in the wake of these tragedies. And I'll go back to certain incidents. I believe when it comes to controlling firearms, nothing will happen. If nothing happened in the wake of Sandy Hook or Uvalde, nothing, nothing will happen. I'm convinced of that. So I'm not giving up or I'm, I'm, I'm just convinced that in the wake of those terrific incidents that we're not going to be able to come together on anything along those lines in 2024 in the United States of America. But there are other things associated with this case that, that I think we could do something about. And 
I think as time has gone forward, we've been able to have important discussions about mental health. And mental health care in this country. And we're starting to break down barriers and stigmas. There's still a long, long way to go when it comes to mental health and people reaching out for help and loved ones helping their loved ones reach out for help or a friend or a coworker. And as we're learning with all the reporting being done in the wake of this tragedy, there were warning signs. There were a lot of them in this case. But is there a mechanism in place for, say, the women that were involved in a relationship with this man over the years or other people that were involved in and related to or knew the murder of these three first responders? Where, where's the mechanism, is, is mechanism in place for those people to be able to come forward and say, you know, he's at work right now, um, and he's loaded for bear. You need to come over, and you need to confiscate this stuff, and this guy needs to be locked up. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's terrifying. You know, the, the, the one interview with... Um, Someone this man was having a relationship. It, it it was it was chilling. What what she told the reporter, I believe from Fox Nine. So, what what are we doing as a society to help these people be able to come forward and say, we've got a lunatic in our midst with a lot of guns and a lot of ammo, and he's going to hurt somebody. Not to mention there were seven children living in this home, 15 all the way down to, what, two years old. As the facts come out, and we're all getting this, and once again, uh, radio stations and newspapers and television stations are doing a lot of reporting on this, and rightfully so, as we try to learn what happened. And I get back to the simple thing. What can be done? What what angle can we approach this and try and do something to stop these people before they, they do these heinous acts and murder three heroes? These people who lay their lives on the line every day for you and me. Law enforcement, firefighters, paramedics, people that respond to our calls for help, and they have no idea what peril, what trouble, what evil lurks when they arrive on the scene, but they go. It's like the stories of the shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs Victory Parade. All the law enforcement, part of that parade providing security, And what did we hear over and over? These men and women ran to trouble. But what are we doing as a society to protect them? And and once again, 
I'm going to be very clear, based on all the incidents to stand out, Sandy Hook and Uvalde, school shootings, if we really didn't do anything meaningful in the wake of those, I'm convinced the gun thing is off the table. So then can we approach it from another direction? The mental health direction. Creating mechanisms where people who live in fear, it it, it sounds like there, there were people who feared this guy. How many reports do we need to have about someone being volatile? No, you can't own guns anymore. Sorry. You're too volatile. You're too reckless. And then what do we do about it? I... There has to be an answer in there somewhere for me. Because the insanity of this over and over and over again, how do we identify? Now, I understand there'll be civil liberties attorneys that'll come out of the woodwork and say, well, you know, due process and you're innocent until proven guilty. But but there's a track record here. This isn't someone getting angry in the drive-thru or a road rage incident. I mean, what what we're learning about this murderer is that there were red flag after red flag after red flag. You know, you see the quotes where it's kind of like, oh, he was a pretty good body shop guy. Well, when he's at the body shop, someone calls and goes and gets the guns and ammo and is waiting for this guy and says, dude... Time's up. You you need a time out here. And I speak from frustration, and I think we're all frustrated on some level. What can be done? I and like I say, I I, I don't want to go down the Second Amendment rabbit hole. It pays no dividends. Maybe we can approach it from the mental health standpoint. How many red flags? You know. Do you, do you get that adult time out? Sorry, you're too violent. You're too volatile. You're too angry. You're just too mad at the world. And you need to be removed. You need you need to be you need to be behind behind locked doors. There, there's there's too many failures of orders for protection. How, how many times do you pick up? the paper or read a story online oh yeah there was there was a protection order he was supposed to stay away from her she was supposed to stay away from him somebody got hurt or worse that that's what i'm talking about when are we going to take serious action as a society about seeing these warning signs The the kid who shot up sandy hook for example what did we learn in the wake of that? Well, he used a high-powered rifle and blew the heads off all those kids and those teachers. We, we know that part. But what about all the warning signs before that this kid was really bad news? Look at the mom who was just convicted in Michigan. The kid was really bad news, and the mom and dad are like, eh, not my problem. Well, now it is. Because she was convicted. That's what I'm talking about. 
When are the people around these individuals going to start stepping up? And when as a society are we going to give the people around these dangerous individuals, volatile individuals, give them the mechanism to protect the rest of us, to protect the men and women who protect and serve us as first responders in law enforcement? When are we going to get angry about it and do something? Our number on the program, 651 461 Beautiful weather day, but, but still tough. Tough for our community. Here on News Talk, E3O-WCCO. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is the Lake Show. Once again, the tragedy in Burnsville, the murder of the three first responders. We continue to learn more every day about what happened on Sunday. Uh, we continue to learn more about the murderer and what led him to that moment. And the question becomes, really, and we we all, you know, what, Kansas City, they're, they're going through that. Super Bowl parade, celebrate kids, families, celebrating a world championship, shooting. Here we have a domestic situation that leads to unspeakable tragedy. And the question is, what? where do we go? What, what, what do we do? Can, can there be a mechanism on the mental health side? 
to help people around these volatile, dangerous individuals for them to reach out and and get help and protect society from these people. Something has to be there that we can do. Let's go to uh, the talk and text line. By the way, is six five one four six one nine two two six. Six five one four six one nine two two six. We start. Nick Roosevelt, you're on the air. Hello. Nick? Agree with you. Hi. Hi. Hi, Steve. There you are. Um, I agree with everything you've been saying, and I think especially for the school shootings, kids, there should be an age limit, an age restriction on guns um, for kids. Um, but on but, this, I think but, there should be a background check on guns to see if you're a convicted felon or not. But but I, I, I just, you know, Nick, I appreciate it, and thanks for the call, but I, I, I want to stop the conversation there. It, it, for me, that, that isn't going to happen. I, I, I know it's an idea, and it's brought up after every shooting in every corner of this country. It ain't going to happen. There, there is there is not the 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 political will or even close t- to get there. It, that if if we start the conversation, we're saying we're going to do something uh, about guns. We're we're not. If we didn't do anything about guns after Sandy Hook, we never will. We never will. If the the horror of Sandy Hook. Leading up to Christmas, little kids, shattered bodies laying in a classroom. We will do nothing. So so let's just set that aside. So let's look at something else. How about mental health and giving people the mechanism to maybe identify and, and give law enforcement and our criminal justice system and our mental health system the ability to get these people help? Whatever that is, we got to do something. But but the but the gun idea, I I just don't think it'll ever happen. Where we sit at this moment in time in 2024, maybe someday, but not right now. Let's go to Vlad. Uh, you're on the CCO. Good evening. Hey. Uh, uh, so I have uh, a youngest brother. So it's actually five of us all together. I'm the oldest. Um, I've called the cops on him a couple of times uh, because when he drinks, mentally unstable, the cops would take him away, take him to the hospital, and then nothing happens. You know, they just kind of just release him 24 hours, 48 hours. And they say, well, we analyze him, and he says he doesn't want help, and he's fine. That he goes to work, pays his bills, and that's it. Nothing happens. And I've called him probably three, four different times in the last two years. Yeah, and, and, and he always talks about anger and wants to kill people. Thank you for the call. And I, I want to get to more calls here. But, but there's something in that right there. And this is where it takes the governor and the legislature and r- really – to, to give the mechanism for law enforcement, because what is law enforcement going to do? You can't hold people indefinitely. And and that's where you start getting into these orders for protection. Well, there was an order for protection. This guy wasn't supposed to have guns. 
look what happened on Sunday in Burnsville. So we're missing something as a society. When when Vlad shared, family member drinks, gets mean, starts threatening. There's got to be something there that can be done. This guy clearly was mean and and angry. And look at what he did on Sunday morning. Where where is the mechanism? Where is the laws? Where is the infrastructure to deal with that part of it? People that are unbalanced. People that are angry. People that are potentially violent. There's something there. Jeff, Sock Rapids, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Steve. Sure glad to hear you on the air again. Oh, thank you. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, last time we spoke, I think, was right after Uvalde, Texas. Uh, nobody was in a good mood after that one either. No. But you, you have... You have hit the nail right on their nails, right on their heads. You've answered the questions. Uh, we're going to pick this apart, kind of like a trigonometry problem. First off, we know darn well that we're not going to legislate ourselves out of this. And even if there were some laws that could be written, the legislature isn't willing. Federal, you know darn well. I mean, that's been a that's been a, a, a stone wall for God's sakes, how long? But there are orders for protections. There are um, background checks. Uh, who am I thinking of that just slipped right slipped right through one of them? I did. I mean, there's been so much of it lately. Um, but uh, there was someone that uh, it's one of the big big things. Uh, past criminal record, the whole thing. Nobody caught it. Nobody. Right. Um, here. Uh, this guy, known to be a bad guy, not supposed to have the guns. There's the word, not supposed to. Well, and, and Jeff, to. Jeff, I, I want I want to jump in because we want to get to a few more calls before the bottom of the break. And and you're exactly right. And and that's where there needs to be a mechanism. There there needs to be a mechanism for someone close to this guy to say, yeah, he's got a lot of guns. I mean, I'm sorry, for for the sake of the rest of us, you have to rat these people out and somebody has to step up and do something and do the right thing. There, there was one story I saw on this guy where it was kind of like, yeah, I, you know, I, I stood up for him and tried to help him get his guns back. Oh, great. Thanks. Thank you. Much appreciated. Um, let's go to Sharon. Sharon, you're on CCO. Good evening. Hi. I don't know if I can use my speakerphone. I'll take it off. Um, yeah, when, when the police went, when my a friend of mine, um, you know, well, he ended up killing himself, but the police went there and um, he was schizophrenic and they had some stuff. and But they had a record of it sort of when I went over to their vehicle, they had some kind of record that this person might have some issues in mental health. So I think I, I, I'm hoping they had some kind of record of it. Uh, but still, it's kind of shocking that that many people got it and that they were able to shoot that many. But my my, you you all make good points. I'll just make mine really quick. Um, my thought for years has been, we all have to be checked uh, for our driver's license. We all have to be tested for different things. 
um, maybe people have to be tested too or something. It's not even that. It's just that kids, um, people need to be taught anger management from a young well, age. And, There's and, another way to handle our anger besides just killing people. And, you know, we should be taught anger management in school. Well, and I, I, I agree, Sharon, and that's, that, that's a great call. But I think in so many of these instances, there, there's, there's red flags. Oh, yeah, you know, this, this guy was angry. This guy was mean. This, this person was not right. So maybe we can go in that direction and say what what can be done to, you know, not the guy who's the really angry drunk that over the last couple of years really has scared family members. We, we, we need to be able to do a little more on on that front. Let's let's try and squeeze in one more real quick. Um, Susanna Hudson, uh, you get the final word before the weather. Hi, Steve. Yes, I'm just I'm really relieved to hear you talking about mental illness because I was raised in a family with a father with schizophrenia and, uh, you know, he threatened my mom and she was afraid. She was afraid to call the police. We were all afraid. I, I mean, he never hurt any of us, but he could easily have. He threatened a lot with weapons and, you know, police would come and he would shake their hands and say, good evening, officer, and they couldn't say anything wrong. So... Um, there is something called a three-party petition where three people can file a petition with the court saying this person needs help uh, to get them evaluated. Um, People are afraid to do it. And obviously you can see why. Um, But, and also I just wanted to say that um, medical insurance, you know, they, they limit how much therapy you can have and how much hospitalization you can have. And, this is a different category. It needs to be treated that way. Yeah. Well, Susanna, but, I mean, and, and I, Yeah, in the end, I, I had to call the police on my dad, and I got him the help he needed because I was finally an adult and was not afraid anymore and, you know, just had to do it. But people don't want to call the police on their families, but sometimes that's how you get help. Yeah. Well, thank you for the call. And... This is, I think, where we need to head and, and have more discussions about mental health and how we deal with people who are in crisis or, or chronically mentally ill. And how are we going to deal with that as a society? How are we going to pay for the care? How are we going to pay for the infrastructure it will take to deal with people who are willing to murder first responders? Something needs to be done. Quick break. Here at News Talk, E3O-WCCO. Shift gears a little bit here on this Lake Show on a Tuesday. Steve Thompson and Chris Tubbs alongside. Henry has a rare night off tonight. Uh, Very well deserved. He's really been on a roll here in 2024, working a lot of nights. Twin Spring training underway down in Fort Myers, and pleased to be joined by Bobby Nightingale. Of course, Bobby covers the Twins now for the Star Tribune. And, Bobby, good to visit with you. How is Fort Myers? 
Yeah, weather is uh, not as warm as it probably should be for spring training, but otherwise, good good start so far. Yeah, and uh, it, it sounds like everybody's there, ready to go. Yeah, everybody showed up on time, uh, which is a good sign. Almost everybody's healthy, uh, which is I feel like pretty rare. Um, Giovanni Moran had Tommy John, so he's out for the season, and then Josh Winder's uh, recovering from a shoulder thing. But other than that, you have 57 of the 59 players healthy in here. Yeah, and certainly good news for the Twins, and there is a lot of optimism uh, about three key guys in the lineup. And let's let's just start with Byron Buxton. Uh, his career has been filled with injuries, climbing the ladder in the minor leagues and in the major leagues. And, and now it sounds like he's finally, you know, able to move around without pain. It, it, it sounds like what he went through was, was pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, if you talk to people behind the scenes, they always said, you know, you don't realize how much he goes through to play every day and how much pain he puts up with. And he described the pain last year as kind of waking up with a, a knife in his knee. Um, every day and you know they hoped that he was going to be able to play center field last year that never came to to pass he was always a dh and um you know kind of struggled that role um so you could you can tell it's a different byron bucks in this spring where he's excited he's getting a chance to play center field obviously he's gonna have to prove he can stay healthy for an entire season um but so far so good i mean he's running around looks good he's hitting um first swing he took against bailey Ope hit a ball to the wall so um all systems go for him so far yeah, and the, the the thing, Bobby, when right, when healthy, and there there's been, you know, you can use when in in big bold letters. I uh, he's as good as it gets in the major leagues. I, you know, when when he's been on a roll, he's that five tool guy that can, you know, dominate a game, carry a team, whatever terms you want to use. Yeah, absolutely. I remember talking to some guys in the postseason last year. Um, and they go, you you don't realize how much you miss Byron Buxton until he's out of the lineup. But they were they just kept insisting they're like, if he was healthy right now, um, they thought they'd be World Series favorites. Um, just based off the when he when when he's right, I mean the way he can change games defensively. Obviously a Gold Glove winner, a Platinum Glove, you know type of guy can change games that way. Um, covers a lot, so much ground in center field and then offensively, um, you know at times he can carry a lineup for for a while. I mean at weeks at a time and. Not many guys have that capability on the Twins. I mean, you look at Royce Lewis, Carlos Correa, those guys have done it. Um, but not many other guys can carry a lineup that long like Byron Buxton can when he's right. It, it, it's still very early, and there's a long way to go until the team breaks camp and comes north and starts the season. But do we have any sense of, of load management, how he'll be used? I know uh, the veterans are used sparingly early in spring training. They start to ramp it up in the final couple of weeks. And then, you know, beyond that, is Rocco Baldelli, you know, given any hint on how he might be used, how many at-bats at DH, is he going to be the everyday center fielder? I mean, any idea? Yeah, I think that's something that's going to play out over the spring. Obviously, they'll test him. Um, right now, it's still so early. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're only working out for so many hours in the day compared to playing an entire game. I don't, I don't expect to see him in the first few spring training games that they're going to ease him in. So maybe the fourth or fifth game, he'll probably make his debut and sounds like he'll start in center field immediately when that happens. Um, but I think it'll be a day-to-day thing. I mean, if he recovers well and um, everything keeps going good, I, I don't expect him to be a everyday type player in spring training until the very end, um, if he is at all. So, I mean, I, th- I think they'll take it day by day and just go slow with it. Uh, another big name, Carlos Correa, 
you know, terrific defensive shortstop. Uh, but he has dealt with health problems as well, and it sounds as though Correa is 100% ready to go. Yeah, he is, and he, he adjusted his swing this offseason, and he's really excited about that progress. Um, you know, he played good defense last year, but this is a guy who could be an elite defender, a guy who could win gold gloves and uh, be one of the best defenders in the league. So I think defensively, I think the Twins are excited about what that could mean for their infield. Um, and then offensively, he, he says it's more direct, uh, compact swing, um, you know, something that should get him more line drives, more hits up to the opposite field than he had last year. Um, a lot of it's due to, you know, he played through plantar fasciitis last year and but no longer has that pain, so he can kind of go back to the stance that he wanted instead of one that can avoid pain. Um, so he, he's really excited about it. The hitting coaches um, were raving about kind of the progress so far. He, he's hit balls over the batter's eye, so um, he's, showing, he's showing some good power that um, maybe he didn't have last year because of the injury. Superstar potential. He's really shown it at times, and that is Roy Lewis, but he's battled injuries as well. So three key guys, maybe the most important guys in this Twins lineup. Royce Lewis, how is he feeling? Yeah, he's 100%. Um, for his first healthy offseason in years, because you talk about the multiple in- knee injuries, knee surgeries that he's had yep. to, to go and then recover from. So this is really like his first real spring training um, that he's been healthy in a few years, first real offseason he's had to, to kind of work on his own game instead of just working on being healthy. So that's been a relief to him. Um, he'll be your everyday third baseman as long as he's healthy. So, um, I, I, you know, I think that's part of why the Twins are so optimistic is, you know, the, the offense stepped in the second half of last year, but uh, Correa was playing through an injury, Buxton was out, and Royce Lewis was, you know, he had a, a hot 50 games or so, but, you know, he still missed 100 games last year. So there's, there's still a lot of room for the offense to grow if those three guys stay healthy. Spring training games start shortly, and we've got a bunch of those here in the home of the Twins. News Talk, E3OWCCO. And Bobby Nightingale covers the Twins for the Star Tribune, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Bobby, you got a piece on uh, a guy who's forgotten a little bit come postseason, and that is Christian Vasquez. Tell us a little bit about that piece and what you learned from him. Yeah, he didn't play at all. In the, you know, Ryan Jeffers was the starting catcher for every playoff game, and Christian Vasquez didn't get into any of them, um, mostly due to he had a, you know, a really bad offensive season last year, uh, one of the worst of his career. And, um, you know, there's obviously frustration of not getting a chance to play in the playoff game. He's a two-time World Series champion, um, signed a $30 million, $30 million contract uh, before last season, and he talked about, you know, just he felt like he put too much pressure on himself trying to live up to the contract, trying to live up to the World Series resume that he had and kind of got into his own head that way. So, um you know, the, the Twins are planning to do another 50-50 split where Ryan Jeffers and Christian Vasquez basically trade starts every day. Um, so if he can get his offense back to just kind of where he's been in his uh, career, back to how they signed, um, you know, that'd be another big step for the offense. Um, another guy we want to bring up, and that is Max Kepler. Uh, name has been part of trade rumors, etc. cetera. Uh, a year ago, early in the season, really, really struggled and then picked it up and was a key bat and a reliable bat in this lineup uh, on the way to the playoffs and uh, really turned out to be a key guy. Do you have any sense of where Max Kepler, because that that can't be easy to to be that that veteran guy, you know, to be kind of in a rumor mill floating around. 
Yeah, he said he said today he he never thought there was going to be a trade anyway, so he he didn't really give it much thought. But yeah, a guy who had a great second half was a big reason why they made the playoff run that they did. Um, if, if he can just keep that form, which he's pretty confident he can, he felt like he developed a routine and um, you know confidence is such a big thing in baseball that um, he, he feels like he can carry that over to this year. But uh, definitely a different feeling being him being the longest tenured guy. Jorge Polanco, his close friend, got traded. Um, he said that was tough on him, you know, just not having Jorge Polanco around. And um, they talked a few times afterwards, but kind of, kind of, he's a contract year, um, so he's incentivized to play well too. He'll be a free agent at the end of the season. Um, we'll just get this out of the way. Sonny Gray is not around and uh, signed elsewhere. But but the Twins still have to deal with the fact that Sonny Gray is not there. It was a big part of what they did uh, a year ago. I, I know they feel like they have other candidates to eat up innings, etc. But, you know, th- that that is definitely a storyline for the starters going into spring training and, you know, who, who's going to take those top five spots and then depth beyond that? Absolutely. I mean, I think you look at it as, you know, there's no one replacement for a guy who finished second in the Cy Young voting yeah, when you don't have sure. him anymore. Um, so that, that's a big loss. But you, you're right. I mean, they do feel like they can fill the innings adequately. Um, talking to guys, you know, they, they had the number one starting rotation in the American League last year in a lot of categories like ERA. Um, and, you know, that, that takes the staff to do it. It's not just gray. So they feel like they, there, there's room for them to – to keep that going. Um, Pablo Lopez feels like he can take another step. Chris Paddock coming back from Tommy John surgery. Um, they're really excited about what he can do. Um, Joel Ryan had a great first half and a terrible second half. If he just kind of be a more consistent version of himself, um, the twins will take that every day. So um, they feel like they have the pieces Bailey over to um, that, 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 that they can kind of carry on what they did last year. Yeah. And then Bobby, certainly bold pen. There, there's, there's a lot of optimism about this bullpen and and the depth of the bullpen and really what they added. I, I know sometimes when, you know, a guy signs elsewhere and he's a bullpen guy, you're kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever, that doesn't really move the meter. But in reality, it looks like they're going to have a very deep bullpen this season. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they added a lot to it, I think, more than they expected, just based off, it just gives them depth. I mean, if everyone's healthy, which that's a tough thing to do by the end of spring, especially with the relievers, usually there's a few things that pop up. Um, but if they're all healthy, I mean, that you're going to have a ton of options, middle relief. I mean, they, they return the core of their bullpen from last year, which is the most important thing. Um, you know, you still have Duran the closer. You still have Griffin Jacks, Caleb Thielbar, Brock Stewart. Um, and they've added to that group with the four or five additions they did this offseason. So, um, yeah, they're, they're excited about the bullpen. And, you know, if the starting rotation takes a step back without Sonny Gray, it'll be up to the bullpen and the offense to, to pick that up. And they feel like those are two areas that they should be better at this year uh, than they were last year. Well, Bobby, it's always good to visit with you. It's always good to visit with your colleague, Phil Miller, at uh, the Star Tribune. I'll probably hit him up in the next week or two, so you may want to warn him that uh, (laughs) I might be sending him a text. But, hey, thanks, Bobby. Have a good evening. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, there he is, Bobby Nightingale. It covers the Twins for the Star Tribune online at startribune.com. And we have a ton of spring training games uh, coming up. I believe if I remember the schedule, Chris, every Saturday and every Sunday we've got spring training games. Then we have selected spring training games during the week as well. And drive time with the Russia is down there in Fort Myers this week. A little bit later on in the program, visited with Joe Polad. And, of course, the Polad family owns the Twins. 
and uh, J.D. visited with Joe, and we'll have some of that a little bit later on in the program as well. And that, if you want to hear the entire interview, I would assume that is available at the website, WCCRadio.com. Quick break, much more on The Lake Show coming up here on News Talk, E3O-WCCO. It is a sad day. The old log, Minnesota's oldest theater, is shutting down. It is Minnesota's oldest and longest continuously operating playhouse. And the Star Tribune had the story. Owners Greg and Marissa Frankenfield announced that after 84 years, the Greenwood-based commercial theater is closing. Uh, there's a concert series that includes Martin Zeller's tribute to Neil Diamond on February 23rd. That's coming up quick. Sean Johnson's big band experience March 1st and a Buddy Holly tribute on March 2nd. The end of the line. I was at the old log for a fundraiser for a colleague years ago here at CCO. What a venue. There it is, the end of the line for the old log. Quick break. We have all the news, all the weather at 7. So much more, including golf writer Ron Syrak, Tiger, Jordan, and more on the way here at CCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 